0: Hello, and welcome to Unsheathed, with your hosts, Kyle Gold and Cam Hirosaki. We hope that you
1: enjoy
2: the program. Please stick around afterwards. There'll be cake and blowjobs. All right, we're about ready to go here. We want to uh, thank all, you, all y'all for coming. Welcome to Unsheathed Live, the uh First anniversary of our first live show, which was here at Rainforest one year ago today. Yes.
1: We're oh. inaugural.
2: Uh, just out of curiosity, how many of uh, y'all were here last year at the show? Yeah. Awesome. All Thank right. you for coming back. We must be doing something right. Yay, we're not terrible. <laughs> well, let's not just say that. I, oh, we're, okay. we're terrible in an entertaining way, maybe. Yeah, exactly. uh, I am Kyle Gold, for those of you who don't know.
1: And I am Kam Hirosaki, and I'm here to make you think about death and get sad and stuff. <laughs> yeah.
2: Which is which is what he does best, and I'm here to make you think about sex and get happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <I> like sex. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's working already. Uh, well, we're real excited to be back here at Rainforest. Rainforest always does a great job with writing panels. Um, we want to thank all of the folks who brought who brought. Um, Beverages and refreshments for us We have some Coke Zero We have a couple of very nice bottles of wine here Woo! And uh, I'm sure we will go through Many of them during the course of this show <laughs> um, Are we starting with Are we starting with our revealed secret Or are we going to take a couple questions first Alright we got to warm ourselves up first
1: <sighs> Are
2: you cold? Do you need a glass? Is that what uh, you're after? I certainly ah. can I uh-huh. courage See,
1: this is no, that would make me a lush, and I'm not quite one of those yet.
0: This,
2: this is why, this is this is why us authors like Sofa Wolf—they provide us with nice stuff like glasses for alcohol. I'm just going to drink the Coke right from the bottle. If that's I was going right. to say because
1: that's their greatest, you know, contribution to the furry writing community. It'd be very sad.
2: It's always a little extras, you know, that really make the difference. Just the perks. Yep. So how's everybody doing? We are excited to see all these people here. Um, we have been uh, we've been doing this for over a year now. I forget when our actual anniversary was.
1: Uh, it was in August.
2: But I do remember that it was after our first live show at Rainforest that we really got excited about keeping it up and keeping going because so many people showed up, even without having heard of what we were doing, and really had a good time and we just loved the energy we felt so we're really excited to be continuing on with this i don't think if you had told us back in august that we'd be yeah. doing this a year later that we would have believed you but yeah also
1: i remember when we asked how many people had heard of us at last year's show like three people in the room raised their hands or something yeah, and something now, like, like that. we've got like the, the well we didn't actually complete. ask who's
2: heard of us but they were here last year so I'm assuming they'd heard of us
1: no no no, no. I mean last year when we asked
2: no but we didn't ask this year oh. if they've heard of us but I'm assuming that you yeah. know the con book wasn't very detailed it, no. about what we do here
1: it's like if you have to ask you'll never know right
2: um, so uh, well that's all we had to say <laughs> yeah. what, uh, what do you guys want to talk about
0: <laughs> All right.
2: Go ahead. I guess I've been overruled. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk about death? Oh, Agatha Christie, there's death. Yay. Hey. Death and sad. Yes. Um, who's got a question? All right. Speaking to the microphone.
3: In it was first I bought your uh, Unsheathed Podcast Volume 1 CD compilation. Will there be a Volume 2?
2: Uh, there already is there a volume There actually two, I is a volume two. We had it out at Anthracon. Uh, we've had it at a couple conventions since then, and I think we have some here. It'll be
4: here tomorrow. So thank
2: you. It will be, it will so be, so be here tomorrow at the Sofa Wolf table. And what's it other? includes uh, episodes 20 <laughs> f- <laughs> through 40. <laughs> f- <laughs> and. And a couple, and a couple of um, interesting stories, including uh, the, the legendary Unsheath Presents Number Four. The legendary Unsheath Presents Number Four is on there. Did you guys include a, a picture, the, the picture that Zash drew of it? We not No, we didn't. Oh. Actually, what would have been more entertaining was would to have a picture of uh, Cam Hirosaki's reaction to certain parts of it. <laughs> um, but sadly I think until uh, somebody develops a way to download them from people's brains I'm the only one that saw it because kit was focused on recording and we didn't have a mirror there.
1: Seriously like as amusing as it is to listen to that like if you had been in the room when we were recording that it was that much more. <laughs> I don't even have an adjective to put there
2: beyond more.
1: Nothing does it justice.
2: Uh the DVD also contains a recording of um Came Hirosaki reading a couple of his stories. Mm-hmm. I think at least Telo and the Desk Husky. Yes. And was the pizza story on there too, or was that a later one?
1: One of the, uh, yes. It is on there. I believe the pizza story was on the actual feed, but that means it's included on the disc. The the yeah. pizza
2: the pizza story, by the way, came Hirosaki wrote years and years ago. Many and moons ago. He uh, and you can tell because nobody dies in it. <laughs> and the uh, when he posted it, he actually was very nervous and asked me if. I thought he should post it because he said it's very porny even for me (laughs) and it has uh, I believe it's one of your more popular stories to date I think it it has since gone on
1: to become my most popular one which kind of makes me a little sad
2: (laughs) (laughs) but it is a very cute story and uh, it is very porny Um, the DVD also has a recording Kyle does the voice of a
1: coyote (laughs) I I do
2: actually is it a coyote or a wolf I thought it was a wolf no, he's a, he's a Oh, he's a Cody. Yeah. Okay. He but was deep. He was big enough. But he's and buff and growly. He was buff and growly. That was fun. Um, so that happened. <laughs> and then uh, it also has a recording of me reading the first chapter of the Out of Position sequel, which I will also be doing following this podcast. And you should still go buy the DVD even if you stay for the reading because it has substantially changed in between the time I read it four months ago and now and it will probably change again before it comes out in print but um i think as as i've said before for people who heard me read it at furry fiesta it changed quite a bit between furry fiesta and the reading that's on the dvd and then it's changed again between then and now so i just even though i thought it was a you know solid chapter as i was reading it in february it's undergone many changes what
1: would make kyle super happy is if you listen to his reading at this convention then go back and listen to the dvd and go wow this version sucks <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing you fixed this kyle
2: yes <laughs> he would love that i would love that um so you should go buy unsheath presents number two um cam and i will sign it if you find us and so we'll keep yeah. um i'll sign anything you want Wait, not anything. What's what's the what's the penny arcade guy's rule?
1: Oh, if it doesn't like burn, bite, or sting. Bun- burn, yeah. sting, or
2: bite, yeah, they'll sign it. <laughs> I think that I think that sounds like a pretty good rule. Although it was like considering like I bet I
1: could make like a loose effects on tapestries and like people would still come on to me.
2: Uh, well, yeah. It's tapestries. <laughs> <laughs> That's what,
1: that's Are what, you logged into tapestries? That's Ergo what people you're do. For sex. I yes. mean,
2: yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. So that's that's the Unsheathed volume two, and thank you for providing us with a, a an opportunity to plug our product that did not look like we specifically planned it. <laughs> we also still have Unsheath presents volume one, where you can hear all of the horrible awkwardness of the first few episodes before uh, Kit took over and made us sound good.
1: During the dark times,
2: <laughs> yes, when we were just like, we'll just talk into our computers and then post it online, and it'll be great. USB headset and the laptop, great. Sure, why not? Although that that does have the origin of the uh, otter who may or may not be wearing pants. Yes, it does. We would never have had that without that. So. No, that's true. Um. Anyway, any other questions? Anything else people want to chat about? fellow all the way in the back in the tasteful green hat. Hello, I am Kiteless Dragon of KitelessDragon.com, host of the Adult Dragon panel at Further Confusion. Anyway, (laughs) yes, that was a plug. I was curious if you had considered
3: making a calendar featuring all the various uh, characters from your novels. Well, (laughs) N.A.
1: Preferably with Wang. That's a very
0: big challenge. And I'm
2: I'm not certain that's appropriate. Um, That doesn't mean you can't still do it. Well, when I was going to say when has that ever stopped me? But um, the calendar, unless you're thinking you'd want like calendar pages with big passages of words on them, that's something that we'd have to work out with the artists because I don't own the rights to the images of the stories. Which is why, if you look at the Kindle editions, a lot of the ones that I've put up don't have the images with them because uh, the artist. It's it's not that the artist wouldn't allow me to do it. It's just that it's a lot easier just to do it myself with the text and throw the text up there. Um, same thing would apply for the calendar. I mean, I basically have to go to an artist and say, "Hey, if you want to put together a calendar with a lot of the pictures you did, which are your property from." my books, that's okay with me and they'd be like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but hey, I, you know, I'm certainly not opposed to that. I think Sarah Palmer has a ton of great images from the Argea books and um, maybe after the second Out of Position book comes out, there will be a Devon Lee calendar.
1: I think that we should have like the the 2010-2011 two year Summerhill calendar which each, each month is like a different picture of K.M. Hirosaki getting more and more frustrated with this story <laughs> that he can't get right
2: or, or you could have the, the uh, Summer Hill Word a Day calendar
1: then it'll, be, it'll be like November just <laughs> like <laughs>
2: But but I like the idea of the word a day calendar because it would just be the story with one word every day.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know
2: and if that would make it
4: make and more or less sense. The right base,
2: I think. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> why
1: not, why All right, up not top. What's the calendar of uh, KM Hirosaki draped across a nice sports car?
2: <laughs> 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 but that's a, that's a full glass of wine question <laughs> there. <laughs> I thought that was implied. That or, Kyle, that or Kyle needs
1: to send a picture of KM every time he gets clustered. Oh, I, I Wait, think we were. Would be, that would be a picture of I was saying it's a good thing that cameras aren't run on film anymore because you'd run out of that real quick. Oh, yeah.
2: Plus, it would be embarrassing taking it to be developed. <laughs> um, <laughs> why is there this. Why do you have all these pictures of this
1: person blushing and why is he never wearing pants?
2: Which is. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes some questions answer themselves, you know. Um, which is why they invented Polaroid cameras, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for porn. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want like
1: the more you know star
2: in fact I, I have a friend who will go on at length about all the many technological developments that were driven by porn <laughs> so films, uh, DJs, uh, DVDs, uh, DVDs yeah <laughs> exactly
3: <It's> 3D Blu-ray <laughs> uh, no, Blu-ray was propagated was by iPod 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 not porn. Not
4: Bad Dragon it. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: um to uh to to sort of wrap up that question I'm uh, I'm certainly not opposed and I'm very much in favor of any accessory merchandise to my novels that I don't have to do a lick of work for so uh I think a calendar is a fine idea and I will get right on it <laughs> Who's next? The uh gentleman in the moogle hat who we recognize from last year welcome back
3: okay for someone who hasn't read any of your books yet sorry I was waiting until this year to buy one um, which would you say is a good one to start with
1: yes <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh golly um, it depends on what you like uh, the gay series are all kind of medieval Renaissance fantasy um, the other books are more contemporary I would honestly recommend that someone who's not familiar with my work start with the collection X because that's a collection of 10 short stories by 10 different adult authors and the stories, frankly, are terrific in it. It sat inside the one I wrote, which I'm not passing judgment on. Um, KM has a story in it. Uh, Two of the stories from that volume were nominated for Ursa Majors. Neither of them was mine. Not Tubes and White Yodi's. uh, who else is in that uh, Poet Tigress is in that uh, Jonas is in that Fuzzwolf Pyro Stinger, Stinger. Uh, Alex Vance has a story and BC uh, Courier is that 10? That's 10 yeah. I hope I'm not leaving anybody out because then I'd, it'd be all like in public and they'd come after me for that but um, I recommend X it gives you a feel for a lot of people's different styles and um, in terms of novels I don't know what do you think what's a good gateway Kyle Gold novel
1: Oh, it depends on if you prefer otters or football.
0: (laughs) I kind of like, I I,
2: I would kind of say Waterways. Waterways is probably a good starter. It's contemporary world, so there's not a lot of, you know, where the hell am I? And um, there's not a whole lot of sex in it, which is a good or a bad thing. I know. Wolf has been apprising me that many of my novels have sold out already. So hurry to Sofawolf tomorrow and pick up your novels before they go. Kyle needs more Coke Zero. <laughs> I, I, have, I haven't broken into this one yet, and I have another whole six-pack floating around here somewhere. Oh. It's down there behind me. We should probably, should maybe, would you be offended if we pass that around to people? As long as I, I'll keep one of them for me.
5: Yeah. But I also bought you two, but, two other bottles that uh, I'm the, to convert you. Oh Pepsi? Oh. <laughs> uh, Pepsi
2: One. I've had I've had Pepsi One, I've had Pepsi free and oh whatever. I, I'm really amused <laughs> I, I really I have to say Dra- Dragon Man Mike bought us a Canadian Coke Zero and I know Canadian Coke uses real sugar, so I'm wondering if Canadian Coke Zero uses real not sugar or not real. <laughs> I'm I'm really kinda puzzled by this. Yeah, you know
0: I'm curious to see if it tastes any different.
2: All, all I can say is that when you mention Pepsi
1: free, all I can think of when I hear that is that really bad joke from Back to the Future. A
2: Back to the Future, exactly. Give yeah. me a Pepsi free. Yeah. Kid, if you want a Pepsi, Pepsi you're you gonna have to pay, pay, pay for it. it. Oh god.
1: <laughs> Welcome to Grey Muzzle Cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, seriously.
2: All you kids out there, twenty and below, there was a great movie called Back to the <laughs> Future. Go out and <laughs> go out and rent it. <laughs>
1: after the podcast Kyle and I will be listening to Huey Lewis and uh <laughs> yes I'm
2: actually I'm actually kind of waiting for 2015 when which is one of the year the year they travel to in back to the future too and uh I'm wondering if they're going to do like a big promotion or if they're going to kind of force the Cubs in Florida to be in the World Series somehow
0: <laughs>
1: go back in time put some money on the Cubbies!
2: <laughs> um Wow, did we answer the question? I forget what the question was.
1: Oh, which book he should start with. Oh,
2: are we still spell on that one? Yes. Oh, I forgot about that one a long time ago. <laughs> I think maybe okay, I'm as so Canadian uh, uh, Coke Zero. As a
1: non-biased party, since I'm not Kyle, um, honestly, um, if you're into the medieval fantasy thing, uh, you could either start with Vol, or honestly, I think Shadow is a pretty good jumping-on point for that series, too, because you don't need all the backstory from the previous books if you want to start with that. And, and, I and that's think more, more action-thriller right. than it is, like, political intrigue and romance. So it is pretty different than the, the first set of the Argea books. Uh, and, you know, Waterway is an out-of-positionable sort of contemporary, but one of them is more about, you know, high school youth, and the other one's about football. So.
2: Yeah, and out-of-position has a lot more explicit stuff in it. Depending on your tolerance the, the, for the or desire for as, that as kind of thing. keeps on getting referenced yes. this episode. Yes, well...
1: Well, for a bad thing, we wouldn't be running this podcast.
2: <laughs> and uh, and for for Kam Hirosaki's books, I recommend you uh, Wait. jump about a year <laughs> in the future and read Summerhill. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it will have been
2: awesome. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it it a will year. be. So so,
0: so that's, that's that's actually about ten years
2: for. Uh, well, I, I was I was going to say six months, but then I figure if it takes him six months to finish it, then well, so anyway, I was I was trying to be nice. <laughs> um, I don't think it'll take that long you're in a slow period now but you'll get in a groove I'll get back there yes how the otter got his groove back And <laughs> she Presents number 6 <laughs> don't give me any ideas uh, I did that enough already that's how this whole <laughs>
1: thing started was here last year
2: it was actually damn you
1: Rainford. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well we'd already kind of done that and then it was, a, it was you people in the Rainforest audience that said we should write stories about each other again.
1: Actually, I believe it was you who said, hey, people at Rainforest, should we do this?
2: <laughs> you can't prove that. There's nothing recorded from that. Oh, wait. It's not online anymore. What's, the, what's this thing in front of my muzzle again? Uh, okay. Don't answer that. Somebody ask a question. Back there.
4: Let's get hot and dirty. How do you write really hot sex?
2: Wow. (laughs) Well, Pizza Otter, why don't you answer that one first?
1: Okay, well, there are a number of schools of thought on this. There's the tab A into slot B school, and then there's the why should I care that these characters are having sex at all school. I kind of usually subscribe to the second one of those two. I I Um, agree basically i think it's equal parts focusing on the emotions that your focal character is feeling and trying to get a good visual sense of what's happening and finding a way to mingle both of those so that you're not getting long-winded but you're still getting the point across as to what's happening
2: well that was like the unsexiest answer to that question (laughs) ever
1: thank you i tried
2: (laughs) yes i know (laughs) um I think it helps to have had really hot sex. <laughs> um, as with As with anything else, it is possible to write about things you have not experienced. Um, you know, I have never actually played the game of football, and yet I wrote a whole freaking book about it. Um, Two bucks now. But I've never shot anyone in the head.
0: <coughs>
2: out, Not with a gun. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: oh the stories none of you will ever hear. <laughs> um <laughs> how, however two in front of him. I d- I think that, so sort of building on that it again, you know, sort of think back to I don't want to say like just write your own experiences, but it it goes back to a lot of what is the character feeling what is the character thinking during the time, and the more energy you can give the text, I find, the hotter the scene is, um, setting aside completely the whole idea of writing a fetishy sex scene in which, which is a very actually a very trickier thing than you might imagine. Um, it's kind of easy, I guess, to write for a fetish you have. It is possible to write for a fetish you do not have, but you have to kind of understand it in order to be able to really pull it off. And you because if you don't really understand it you tend to exaggerate the wrong things and then people are kind of like well this seems like it might be hot but you uh, why are you talking so much about the the toenails that's not part of it you know
1: think about how like when straight people talk about what they imagine gay sex to be like and how wrong they get it yeah
2: yeah that's a good one too yeah um you know really it just uh, which like,
1: one of you is the woman
2: like everything else if you want to write a scene about anything, sex or not or whatever, that you want to really grab the reader with. You want to make the reader feel what you're feeling. You have to be able to really channel what you're feeling. There is a quote. Actually, I played with my FA profile today, which only matters in that I put a quote up there from um, sports writer Red Smith who said, writing is easy. I just open a vein and bleed. And that's what you've got to be able to do. You've got to be able to put your own experiences out there on the page as much as you can you're, uh,
3: so in other words you're saying practice, practice, practice
2: I am a firm believer <laughs> in <laughs> that and by the way your Coke Zero is excellent although I do not detect any variation in the taste but I appreciate the chance to try
1: with your, your socialized Coke Zero
2: Yes. <laughs> Socialized. It's uh, It came free with the hospital. I don't know. <laughs> it's not allowed to carry guns. I don't know. It's now worth as much as an American Coke Zero, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> now with 12% more Stephen Harper. <laughs> No, there's a whole article about how the Canadian dollar is now worth as much as the American dollar, and so there's all these Canadians. Yeah, buying I tried up. to
1: make fun of one of my Canadian friends the other day about Canadian money, and he's like, uh, "Actually, yeah, <laughs> well, and,
2: and all, so all these Canadians are coming and buying up property, like in Phoenix, because nobody wants houses. In, nobody who lives around Phoenix wants houses there. So they do
1: know that's on the wrong side of the states from where they are, right?
2: Yeah, I think so. Okay. Just, I think just they're checking. just like, oh God, we want to get the hell out of here in winter, and you know, Phoenix. So, oh, yeah. Phoenix is tolerable in winter. I've kind of been there. <laughs> <laughs> Over there, right behind the uh, microphone panther.
4: Kyle, will you be working with Blotch again?
2: Um, the question, will uh, Will I be working with Blotch again? Um, in a general sense or in a specific sense? I mean, the answer is yes. So, <laughs> For the cover of the next Out of Position book. Yes, Blotch is doing the cover and all the illustrations for the next book. We will hopefully be kind of the tentative plan which i have not really discussed with the sofa wolf people yet um is to sort of do a big unveiling of the cover at midwest fur fest um i have not made the title of the book public yet um that's because i thought i knew what it was and then about a week ago it changed so yeah when you texted me that i was like "Oh,
1: damn it are you serious (laughs)
2: And then you made me sad.
1: <laughs> well, it was more like, what was the other one again? Which of the ones these do I like more? Which showed
2: me that the new one was probably better, because he was like, I don't even remember what the other one you said you were going to use was. So, um, But I think we've settled on it, and Blotch is doing the cover. We should have the cover in hopefully about a month. So we might post, we might show the cover before MFF, but there would be a big unveil in there with the title and the cover and... All kinds of good stuff. I might read another chapter from the book or something. We'll see.
1: There probably won't be Wang. Probably, uh... Not on the cover.
2: Well, no, not on the cover. (laughs) Although, although, the thing Blotch just posted, if you saw it, was supposed to be a cover, and there is Wang on it. It was just going to be obscured by the logo. (laughs) So, (laughs) it, it was a capital A, I believe... So, yes, Blotch is, Blotch is terrific to work with. Um, uh, we're mutual fans, and uh, I'm happy, to, happy that they, they actually expressed interest in working on the sequel of the book because they feel kind of proprietary towards the characters now.
1: Um, Even if you wrote lies about football. <laughs> it is. My
2: book is full of lies, by the way. All of them are.
0: Hey, Kel. Uh, first, yes. I wanted to say I'm a big fan of your books. I've read Bull well, uh, so far and Out of Position, and I love them. I thank wanted you. to read Waterways, but it's sold out at the Silk Wolf, Wolf bookstore, so <laughs> not this time, unfortunately. <laughs> so, um, as you know, uh, Graveyard Greg uh, is releasing his new novella, The Loveless, and I was wondering if you've read it yet. I'm thinking of getting it, maybe, but... Um, and what you th- I, i've not yet had the chance okay and do you um ever go out of your way to read other adult furry fiction like even now to like get an inspiration or ideas or
2: um i mostly read when i read adult furry fiction it's mostly uh cam hirasaki's the, um, the
1: twice a year i write stories now. yes whenever he <laughs> writes yes yeah, <it's-> or
2: for <laughs> unsheathed presents odd numbers um
0: has Hirosaki but read the the, the books?
1: I've not. I think it actually just was released. Yeah, it's just debuted here. I so, just got yeah. to the
2: con like three hours ago. Oh, so you didn't get any like preview yeah, copies. So, we yeah. haven't had a chance. Oh, Okay, I've, um, been, I've been preparing for this. in In general, as I tell people who write me and ask me to read their stories, um, I don't have a whole lot of time to read. Uh, I have a writing group that I read the stuff that they produce. That's like three or four other people. Um, KM and a couple of our uh, good friends. I write. I read um, more kind of mainstream fiction, not even like science fiction, but um, God, what was the what was the thing that I read recently that was that was real good that I talked about? Oh, that book. Yeah. So <laughs> things like that book by that guy yeah. that was really good. Um, but uh, and you know, recently I've just been. I've been working so hard on the Outer Position sequel that I've not read anything except um, this uh, little graphic novel series which took me all of an uh, hour and a half to read, I think, the whole thing through. Um,
0: which series, sorry? Uh,
2: it's called Amulet. It's by the guy who did the flight compilations and, um, oh, and it's Kazuki really Kazuki Yes. Yeah. Kazuki, yes, exactly. Um, A friend of mine loaned them to me and so I read them and we're sort of passing them around. But yeah, I generally don't have a whole lot of time to read which makes me sad. And if I can remember the name of that book, I'll tell people because I'd recommend it. I remember you talking about it, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to picture carrying it around.
1: I remember it wasn't Palimpsest.
2: (laughs) No, although I brought that with me and I'm going to read that. Palimpsest is actually a uh, you should talk about that actually because that was good yeah. it's a good book and I love the author is actually really cool she yeah, writes really good live I've
1: on the podcast a couple of times before but uh, for people who haven't heard that or who are just here and don't listen to it regularly um, it's this really strange book where it actually manages to do a great job of something I think that you know we would both really be able to relate to is you know making sex an integral element of a larger plot without making it pornography right Right. Basically, the whole way the story works is that there's this like fantasy dream world that people can go to when they sleep, but you can only go there by having sex with somebody else who's been there. And the story sort of follows like the like links between these people who are basically like have you know how, how you end up there and whatnot, you know.
2: And that won a Lambda Literary Award. Yeah. yeah it's actually concept. It is actually. It's actually really it's well executed
1: cool. too. Well, oh, that's, that, that's That's part of the story. There you go. Mm-hmm.
0: So you're, thi- you're,
1: you're thinking it through already. You're applying
2: logic. That makes you a good reader. Well done.
1: it? It's called Palimpsest. P a l i m p
2: s e s t. I'll
1: write it up here for people see.
2: Please do. Um, so, yeah, that's the that's the answer. I'm afraid. Um, does anyone else have a question while KM is writing? We have a question from the ferret in the back row, with the with the tasteful hat. I might add. Why, you know, you're all the way in the back, and uh, I'll uh, I'll move up, up here. You you had said you um, wanted to come, sort of. Gawk at our recording equipment, and you can't do it from all the way back there.
1: I will after this podcast. I guarantee you. All right. So,
2: good evening. I'm Roland, uh, co host of Unfurled, unfurled Unfurled.net. I'm sorry I had to. We did did like three quarters of an interview with you and then have failed to do the last quarter for like the past two months. We
4: apologize for that. Yeah, it's actually, uh, we'll we'll get to that. Uh, Hirosaki, I'm sorry on a f- note that I had to burst your bubble about the
1: superiority
2: of your American dollar. Uh, um, okay. Uh, so anyway, my question well, is... How many Canadians are in this audience? Wow. Oh.
3: We're spreading.
1: <laughs>
3: We're invading oh your God. cause. Look
2: again. These people are now
1: diamonds. <laughs> Swatted. Okay. Now you're now you're worth even more. <laughs> okay, but um, based on previous scenes from, say, Out of Position, where there's big burly men jumping through windows, uh, people having sex in the hallways, is that how many of your scenes exactly are based off of real
2: experiences? <laughs> uh, who is jumping through windows?
1: Um, doesn't oh, and to the to, sex yeah. in the
2: hallway, by the way, is in Bridges, not in Out of Position, um, which you might have said. Bridges, I didn't, I couldn't quite hear, but I heard you say out of position. Okay, who was who was jumping through windows? I don't remember that. The
1: the guy from the Bed
2: Intruder song. Oh, he's climbing in your windows. He's window, climbing in my, he's my windows. your
1: people up.
2: <laughs> Um, I will, I will simply, I will simply say that, um, all of the things that I write are. In part, based on, <laughs> at least, um, <laughs> from a psychological point of view, every everything that I write comes from me. So, everyone lost their Kyle Gold? <laughs> oh, I've, done it. I've managed it a couple. Uh, of he, uh, of times. He's losted me a couple of times. Um, I'm I'm going to actually not say w- how many of those were based off real experiences because a small percentage of the things I write about are, but. A large percent or not, but I prefer that, you, you know, you guys guess which is which. I wrote the first
1: draft of a story that's not available get anywhere, but uh, that one was actually one of the most autobiographical stories I've written in a long time, but not the hot, sexy parts, just like the really, like, awkward and, like, unnerving parts.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: I was going to say, the stuff from my books is based off personal experiences is more like, you know, the feeling of distance that you get from someone when you haven't talked to them in six months and all that and you know not so much the um oh hey look we're having sex in the hallway
1: this relationship not that i'm saying one way or other but i don't want to be in it anymore i but want I this relationship to be over <laughs> and you to be <laughs> out of my life, life.
2: Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, well, there's a, there's a good example of a non-fiction book to read. David Foster Wallace, yeah. any of his collections of essays are terrific. Um, we felt sadness at his passing, but uh, he did give us the, I want this conversation to be over and you out of my apartment, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which is awesome. Um, any more? I think people have kind of quieted down a little bit. So, um, so Kit and I have been talking for a little while about this secret project we've done which even uh, Hirosaki-san has yeah. not seen would you I have uh, not. pull the screen down for us please um, this uh, can someone turn the lights a little bit so how many people in the room have, have read Out of Position how many people have read it how many kind of know the story even if you haven't okay um can
0: post
3: it online. Online, okay.
2: yes Okay. So, I mean, should I just tell them what it is first or should I just How do you want to introduce it? Thanks.
4: Just That's a good question. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's a little So, it's a little project that um Kyle and I have, have talked about for a while and something we always wanted to see was basically um the characters visualized a little bit more dramatically dramatically, and perhaps animatedly than um, in the past. So we tried to figure out how to make that happen. And this is step two of probably a three-part process. Right. Um,
2: And a lot of you who follow my live journal might know that um, when Out of Position came out, I released a song list that was a lot of songs that made me think of it. And the last song was kind of this sappy little ballad by Jason Mraz um, called I'm Yours, which was very... Amusing and has become one of Kit's and my favorite songs. Um, but the first time we really heard it and listened to the words, we just thought, "Wow, this is about Dev and Lee. It's about two people trying to fight against something keeping them apart and saying that being together is worth more than the price we pay for defying all these." things keeping us apart and so when we started thinking about a little project we naturally wanted to combine the song into whatever theme we had for the um for the book and uh well this is what we've got so far So the, the, the artists on that, um, huge, huge thanks to uh, Donryu and Amon Omega. Um, they put it all together. Don Ryu did the storyboards and backgrounds, and a lot of the time in uh, Amon Omega did the character designs. The reason that uh, a few of the frames were in color is they were coloring some of them for reference. Um, so that's just an animatic. We would uh, very much like to get it become a finished animation. Um, that costs a little bit more money, so we're exploring options for that right now, but we're still real excited with you how that came out. You should keep buying
1: our-, our DVDs to support our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see more things like this and more, please so visit.
2: The KM, <laughs> this is the first time you've seen it, I think. It is,
1: yeah. I, that was actually super cute, and I totally did not miss the one moment where you and I actually made eye <laughs> contact during <laughs> <laughs> that. Yes, yes. I figured you wouldn't. Yeah. I just like looked out. It's like, oh, damn it. He's already looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anyone else in the audience noticed, but
2: I'll keep that to myself. You know, I also want to give special thanks to Kit, who was real instrumental in just kind of saying, let's go forward with this, let's drive it through. Um, He's done 80% or 90% of the project management with the artists, and uh, really, this is um, all very much thanks to him, so...
4: Cheers, honey. So that, that's really cool. And, and it's one of the things that um, the Kyle Gold books and so forth, and I think just seeing the fandom matures, we're starting to see more stuff like this out there. So I have complete confidence that we'll have this as a uh, completely animated, you know, three minute music video up on YouTube, which we'll ask you all to watch 100,000 times each. Um, mm-hmm. And Tell recommend to your friends. Friend. And, <laughs> and like it on Facebook or whatever it is the kids do these days. <laughs>
1: I'm pretty sure MySpace isn't cool anymore.
2: No. Twitter's <laughs> cooler. <laughs> <laughs> Anything <laughs> else you want to add? Yeah. MySpace, what's that? Um, oh, and uh, Don, the, fire. the the two artists, by the way. Um, cities. Don Don Ryu, D O N R Y U on yes. Fur Affinity, and is is Alex just Amon Omega on F-A? A-M-O-N-O-M-E-G-A, A M um, O N O M E
4: G A. Awesome characters. And, yeah, and uh, we'll, we'll post that information on our on, you can uh,
1: You can hear Don Rio website. ask us a question about uh, graphic storytelling in our RMFC Live episode.
4: Oh, yeah. That's right. He was there. Yeah. Um, and it was actually interesting doing the whole story. And we'll, we'll watch the storyboard, too. But it, it basically was storytelling as well. It's like, how do you try to capture the characters and their feelings and their emotions and relationship in three minutes? And these guys did just an amazing
2: job. I mean, we, we gave them kind of a script, an outline of what the what we envisioned the events happening and they're the ones that put the feeling into the characters um, and we we have the original storyboards that Don Ryu did and uh, we'll play that I don't know if we need to do it now or we can do it at the end we'll play it at the end of the podcast but uh, so that's real cool and you know like Kit said it's just this is such a creative fandom Ugh, I'm going off on one of my live show every time we do a live show I have to talk about how amazing the fandom is but you know just Yay, fandom! All of you guys are awesome. Everyone go out there has some kind of, go you, some kind of talent. Yes, go you. Yes,
1: <laughs> us. Um, I was gonna say everyone out there has some kind of talent, and if you don't, stay home and hide your shame.
0: <laughs> this, is what's, this
1: is this is this is how you can tell the difference between me and Kyle. Okay, um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding <laughs> this time. <laughs>
2: Now I feel like we're in a sitcom or something. OKM. Laugh track. Laugh track, yes.
1: Oh, you guys are good. We didn't even need to coach you on that. <laughs> Very nice. See, look, at least now, now, now you do have talents.
2: <laughs> Laugh on cue.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, and do, do not underestimate Faking the value it is what of what might not skill. have been caught by the mic. Oh.
1: Yeah. Do not underestimate the value of being able to successfully fake it. Uh, there are ways.
2: Oh, yeah.
4: Actually, it sounds like,
2: oh. <laughs> Okay, it was, it, was not, it was not really a request for a demonstration. <laughs> um, I don't know. Mike, are you up for that? What? <laughs> He just said he could do. He just said he could do it again with a mic.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm gonna go hide now. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: okay. Any anybody else want to ask something? Talk about stuff? Come on. We're here for I don't know what's I don't how much longer are we're here. What time
1: for? is it? Negative four okay.
2: minutes. Is it negative four? Oh. Well, we started late, so yeah. it doesn't count. Uh, sure. Oh. The snow leopard up in the front. Thank yeah,
1: you. Yeah. It is my fault. <laughs>
5: First of all, thank you guys because that was awesome. It was great to see your characters and, and actually in a visual form. Since I'm an artist and that's what I'm used to, and that's actually where my question comes from. Do you guys, when you're writing, do you visualize? I mean, because like when I'm, if I'm going to draw someone's character or my own characters or something, then, then there's a definitely a visualization, not just of the of the image I'm drawing at the moment, but of the kind of the whole scene. Do you do that as well when you're writing? And does that help you?
1: Yes. I mean, I obviously usually have a very strong visual image in my head. The trick is figuring out how much of that visual image to put onto the page. Right. It's very easy to go overboard with physical description, you know, and, you know, depending on what it is you're describing, that can be very important. But if you're describing something just for the sake of describing it, then it sort of starts to slow things down and it can... Sometimes even border on self-indulgent, but at the same time, if you don't describe enough, the reader doesn't what? Nothing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, when no. no. <laughs> um, <laughs> while Cam's recovering, I don't know uh, what happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't visualize as completely. As, as someone who's an artist would I think um, I more visualize what I need to see for the story what's important for the story because I kind of want to leave it open enough that I'm not defining someone else's vision because when the reader reads the story they're going to have their own visions of the characters if I'm asking an artist to illustrate the story they're going to have their own visions and I want to leave it open enough that all of those are valid and true and especially, if, although, you know, at the point where you have an artist, illustrate something for a story, that kind of firms up what the characters look like. But as you saw, I mean, people who have read Out of Position, the characters in the book look, look different from in the animatic there, but you can still tell that they're the same. Yeah. So it's just different interpretations, and I try to keep it. I try to keep it open, and partly I think that's um, a a failing on my part because I just don't because I don't visualize it that completely in my head cuz i'm lazy <laughs> and i don't it's so much it's too much work to build a, a super complex description that i then have to write down on paper and remember every time i'm like ah, pfft, whatever yeah. he's a fox i know what foxes look like <laughs> he wears stylish clothes so if at some point i'm writing and i'm like oh he's wearing a torn Def Leppard t-shirt yeah like, that doesn't really quite fit
1: and yeah in my case i tend not to put all that description into scenery is one of the things that I think is kind of a failure. People say that, like, oh, you're good with, like, characters and emotions, but I don't really describe where things are happening. And you want to have enough that the reader doesn't get lost.
2: Oh, that is something I go back and catch in edits all the time because I'm like, wow, this whole conversation is just taking place in space. Yeah. And you have to – one of the things that we took a little seminar about is – you have to use the locations where the characters are, so it's not just visualizing the characters but it's visualizing the locations and There's places in books that are as strongly or more strongly realized than the characters um, If you take Tolkien as an example, the people well you know the movies kind of concretized it for everybody, but everybody had a real clear picture of what the Shire looked like, and probably more so than could tell you what like any one of the individual hobbits looked like. I mean you knew in general what a hobbit was but you know how is Sam different from Frodo or whatever but you knew the Shire. The Shire has this real distinct characteristics about it. Um, So yeah a lot of times locations and characters and
1: yeah, like bringing around to sort of, you know, tie into our own episode here. Uh, in Palimpsest, the description of this dream city is extremely well done. It's actually very impressive. And, you know, reading stuff like that reminds me, like, you know, maybe I could stand to put a little more effort into stuff like this in my own writing rather than saying, oh, these characters are in a club. And then for the rest of the scene, nothing relevant to that happening, right you know, comes into this, you know, the conversation or the scene. It's like, oh, well, you know, this could be happening anywhere. Like you said, you know, if it sounds like it's just sort of in space, it loses some of the realism
2: the book that I read was Whistling in the Dark by Tamara Allen that's right Um, right. and it was one last year out of position sort of co-won that best gay novel award from the Rainbow Awards like 500 books enter one book leaves or two books actually (laughs) as it turned out Um, but it tied with this Tamara Allen book um, and it it was quite good it was not furry but it was a neat period piece it was the 1920s in New York City and she did a great job with the characters and everything and I wrote a nice review about it and I know her on live journal so um, that was cool. We had somebody over here with a Nope. I actually have a part B to. That. Sure.
5: Okay, so part B to that. Um I know when I'm drawing, if I'm drawing porn, then then the scene, the background s- Quickly becomes less important than everything else for me. You know, I just want to draw the porn, and uh, and that's usually what what if I'm doing a commission, that's what they want it for as well. So when you guys are writing an erotic story, does the background, so to speak, become less important?
1: It depends on where the scene's taking place. I mean, if the character are they having sex on a bed or are they having sex in the back of a subcompact hacked back? I mean,
2: and are they are they in their own bed or are they in someone else's bed?
0: Yeah.
2: Um, actually, so that that is a nice segue, which I generated myself. Um, I as Could some of you, you as I know go me as some of you know I follow sports, and uh, there was a documentary on which I think I tweeted about. Um, about the friendship between Chris Everett and Martina Navratilova. And part of why I was intrigued by it is one of the things Martina said was that coming out as a gay athlete was difficult for her, but Chris was always in her corner about it. And they, you know, people would ask her, what's it like sharing a locker room with a gay woman? And Chris would be like, you know, whatever. It's just like sharing a locker room with anybody. So anyway, they, they did this documentary, which was kind of cool, but I hadn't realized they were such close friends And at one point, it was after Chris had kind of retired, and Martina was still playing, and Chris said she met one of her um, future husbands at Aspen, and they were staying in Martina's place, and Martina made some comment like, oh, I should have sold that bed on eBay, but they didn't have eBay back then. And Chris was like, yeah, that's right. The first time we slept together was in your bed, in that big (laughs) king size bed. And she said, because I remember, he woke up, and, or not woke up, afterwards, he said the first thing was, wow, I just slept with Chris Everett in Martina Navratilova's bed. (laughs) Which I thought was an awesome line and was worth watching the whole documentary just for that. But um, when you mention a time
4: before eBay, my mind just wanders
2: off. <laughs> I know it was it was a it was a strange time. It was like right after the wheel was invented, and then and then eight and then eight tracks, and then you know then CDs.
0: Back,
2: Back when Saturday morning cartoons were real cartoons, the not this American. Digimon yeah, crap. Yeah,
1: Snorks. Right, fuck yes, Hong Kong fooey, number one super guy. Yes, that's right.
2: Faster than the human eye. But, <laughs> but um, the um, so that so the background does make a difference. You know, are the characters at home in their own bed? Um, there's a sequence. Uh, there's at least one scene in the Out of Position book where they kind of realize, oh, this is the first time we've had sex outside of the one apartment. Um, If you're in a dirty, smelly hotel hallway, you know, for our ferret in the back row there, um, all of that kind of comes into play as part of how the characters are going to interact in that scene. That's all I got.
1: Yeah, like my mind just went to something about Summerhill that I probably shouldn't spoil, so I won't talk about it. Right. But I would say that there is a scene where I think that the Background setting certainly plays a pretty intense part of it, but I I think it does.
2: I think it plays like a three thousand word part of (laughs) it.
1: Okay, so maybe I don't always skimp on scenery
4: description. (laughs) Uh, Anyone else have a question? There, I'm sorry. Was that the chapter that I read? No, because the chapter I read was super vivid background scene. That's the part I took out. Damn it! (laughs) (laughs) You can see why I hate
1: writing the story.
2: Gentlemen over here
3: I read both uh, First and Ten and Waterways have you considered doing sequels either of them maybe ten years down the road uh, denoting how many things have changed and in what way and how many things have remained the same
2: Uh, what was the first one I think it was
1: out of position. Out of position. Well,
2: out of position. There is a sequel like being written right now. Actually, almost done. Um, it is done to the so of guys in the bag. It is done. I promise you. It will be ready.
3: Um, Fox and the football playing tiger.
2: That's out of position. Um, but uh, I've I get asked a lot if I'm going to write a sequel to Waterways, and as my sort of stock answer to that is nothing is impossible um, but I do not have anything planned right now uh, they had a story, it came to an end and unlike the end of Out of Position which left a lot of stuff unanswered and I kind of knew I was going to have to write another one uh, at the end of Waterways kind of, I liked the place the characters were in and I didn't feel they needed to go any further I didn't have anything else to tell about them so until they uh, knock on my door and tell me they have more story, uh, I'm just going to leave them be where they are. Um, if people have one more question, we can probably squeeze that in. cow in the back. I'm sorry. I don't remember your species. Bull. Wolf?
1: Bull.
3: Bull. Bull. Because bulls so, are so common. <laughs> bulls are so common, apparently. So so wolves tell me. Um <laughs> Uh, so, uh, in writing and the same, the same is true for any art form, be it music or, uh, uh, drawing anything. Um, a lot of people I talk to, they talk a lot about, uh, the sort of, uh, the smaller scenes, uh, within the larger story. Um, what I'm wondering, like, uh, when you're, as an artist, when you're fleshing out an image, uh, the big thing is like, you have to sort of picture the image as a whole, um, do you find that a little more difficult as a writer? Because you got to sort of, you got to picture the uh, this whole huge timeline as a whole, and I'm just sort of wondering what your process for uh, getting such a large span of story into your mind so that you can kind of start working on the details. Uh, how do you sort of Lay it out in a way that you can later go back in and sort of fill it in as you go.
2: I have a big wall in my basement that is full of butcher paper and crayons.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, th-
2: drugs. Yeah. <laughs>
3: uh,
1: in my case, uh, I actually can't form a full on picture of what the story looks like until I've at least written a first draft. At least 95% of the time, that's the case.
2: And I think that's generally more true than people want to admit it is. Yeah. Um, really, your first draft is how you discover the story. Um, once you're through with that first draft, you have a much better idea of what the story is. And then that's when you go back to the beginning and you say, wow, this doesn't fit the story at all. Yeah.
1: Or like, you know, this scene was building up to something that ever played out. And this scene could better feed into things that, pl- you know, will happen later right. now that I know they're coming. Yeah. And
2: um, it, a, more, a more honest answer than what I said before, none of which was true, was uh, Simplify. You basically, you don't keep every tiny element of the book in your head at all times. You keep in this character with this general personality is following this path. And these are the way stations along the journey. And so at this point in the book, they're here. At this point in the book, they're here. At this point in the book, they're here. And so if, you know, in chapter 21, they're doing something that they learned not to do in chapter 3, then you got to change that and take it out. Um, Other than that, it's just a matter of, you know, you, you finish it, you go set it aside for a month or two, go back and read through the whole thing again, and then you just get a sense of what fits and what doesn't.
1: You know, I think sort of the writing equivalent of doing shading is sort of finding ways to sneak in, you know, layered meanings on top of things, which, you know, you don't see the patterns until you've already written it at least, you know, once. And then right. you know, build, on, just build on what you've written before and then, you know, change things to sort of bring out and highlight, you know, the areas that are most important, whether you know that's what they're going to be before you put them down the first time or not. Oh,
2: God, we could do a whole show on editing. Yeah. Just... Not just for plot, for character, for theme, for language, for all of that stuff. Um, we did. <laughs> uh, we we probably did uh, one more quickie behind the green fox in the corner. <laughs> 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 He's got black ears and black paws. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I can't guess hybrid species. I'm sorry. <laughs>
3: So is it unusual to be able to see the entire story from start to finish without writing it down? I wouldn't say it's
2: unusual. I
1: it's uncommon.
2: I, I don't... Well... Oh. It's... You're going to have a vision when you start writing the story, but that vision is going to change as you write the story, and when you get to the end, chances are it's going to be a little different. Yeah. It doesn't apply so much for short stories, but if you're writing a novel and you know you have this idea of what your story is going to be at least my experience my personal experience has been that by the time I get about a third of the way through the novel I need to sit down and figure out what the rest of it's going to do and then by the time I get four more chapters in I've completely abandoned that outline and I'm just writing it based on whatever happens next and because I have outlines for at least two or three of my books like *Pen and a Fortune there's all this stuff that I thought was going to happen and never did. Um, so you have to kind of let yourself discover the story as you're writing it.
1: Yeah. A lot of it is, like, it's instinct, but I think it's learned instinct that mm-hmm. comes from writing a lot and from and reading, reading a
2: lot. lot. And, you know, read read stuff. Read people you admire who write the kind of stuff you're, you you want to write. Um, Palimpsest is a great example. Um Read, read non-furry stuff just because you don't want to be trapped in the jargon of furry and, you know, imagining... Uh, and not because you don't want to use the furry language, because that's fine if you're writing for a furry audience, but just so you can see how other people do things. Um, broaden your experience. The the more stuff you can get out there and read, the better.
1: And yeah, we've name-dropped a ton of authors and books on our show before, oh, yeah. so, I mean... There's plenty out there that's worth reading.
2: David Mitchell, Kazu Ishiguro. Um, what are some other ones we like? Mm, let's, uh,
3: my, there's another big My one. favorite,
2: um, I again, sports. My favorite sports writer right now is Joe Poznansky. He writes for Sports Illustrated, but he also keeps a blog. And he writes these hugely long posts, but he writes about things like He'll get kind of caught up in numbers but then he'll also get caught up in sort of the psychology behind sports and records and you know how does it feel and what does it mean to people to do this and what does sports mean like to him growing up as a small boy in Cleveland what did sports mean to him and there's a lot of great character stuff in his yeah. in his blogs another
1: thing about how to write characters uh, David Sedaris David Sudaris a yeah. great example on that. I mean, he sort of takes it to caricature level, but no, no, that's sort of... And if you like David Sedaris,
2: um, Augustin Burroughs is hysterical. Yes. Augustin and they're both Burrows gay, so yeah. you know, yay in the club.
1: Go us. Yay family.
2: <laughs> yes. Speaking of which, we did not make one crack about foosball turning gay. No high fives for us. I know. He is, though. You guys, Just do, what guys do what now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're planning. we got plots. Plots and schemes.
1: Let's just say that uh, his 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 kid. Oh, that's right. We did.
2: Well, no. Kinda, oh, you
1: you kind you, of you kinda did. You implied. I, I think there was implication.
2: It yes. was a hidden blowjob reference.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Crouching tiger. <hidden laughs> blow not <job>. a reference.
2: <laughs> not a reference to a hidden blowjob, but.
5: Great for the
2: show. Kit is uh kid kid is giving us the wrap it up now signal. So um, we want to thank all of y'all for coming. Um. this thank you oh dear we have oh, that's terrific. It, is, it, it is becoming a tradition for the, the talented snow leopards to present us with um, a little piece of art at each of these Rain First shows which is only one of the many reasons Rain First is our favorite con to do a live show at <laughs> that's right
1: and I have to say, despite the fact that this picture doesn't have a giant dripping erection, I like this one better <laughs> than the first one. I know this is
2: actually a, a fairly awesome. Uh,
1: yeah, that's really super. Oh no, it doesn't reflect. Uh, yeah. There we go. Does that
0: work? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Zavian. It is beautiful.
5: Same, same deal if you uh, scan
2: it all. Sure awesome. I love it because it is the it is the only place where I'm taller than KM Hirosaki.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but I think that works. But he's oh, yeah.
1: more
0: slippery.
2: <laughs> well, yes, he's an otter.
0: Well,
1: I've also had like two thirds of a bottle exactly. of wine. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, Brain, Rain, first, Rain First is awesome. You guys will always be our first live show, and that will always be special to us and as always we appreciate you all coming out here to see us and the fun questions and discourse and everything that we have and uh that's why we wanted to share a little uh animation with you guys that and this was the first con after it was ready (laughs) 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 sorry did i spoil a moment okay um so with that said uh we're gonna leave you with the storyboard animatic I will be sticking around for, uh, once we get sort of the podcast disassembled and I'll do a little bit of a reading and then I'll have a sort of more, uh, Q and A (laughs) about, Q and A about my books. What?
1: So you theoretically have another panel. Yeah. uh, It all kind of runs
2: into it all kinds of, it's just this, but not recorded. Yeah. Um,
1: and I'll, I'll be here too, I guess.
2: Anyway, uh, rattling off the sort of closing credits, um, our email is unsheathpodcast at gmail.com. Send us questions for us to read on the air. If you are an international listener, please send us notes so we can see how far our corrupt influence is spreading around the world. I know we've gotten at least as far as Australia. Count, uh, and, and, and Canada. Yeah. <laughs> the, f- the fabled Canada's. <laughs> um, I am Kyle Gold, all one word, on Twitter and LiveJournal, and I'm just Kyle on FA. I am
1: Cam Hirosaki
2: on all of those various media sites and uh, again the talented artists responsible for the gorgeous work you've just seen are Don Ryu, D-O-N-R-Y-U on Fur Affinity and Amon Omega, A-M-O-N-O-M-E-G-A on Fur Affinity and the talented snow leopard Zavian, Z-A-V-I-A-N on Fur Affinity Um, He drew me all hot he, He did, well you are all hot I'd hit it (laughs)
1: <laughs> I I do me. Yeah.
2: And uh, again again thank you. And of And of course my my better wolfy half kit Silver without whom literally none of this would be possible. Literally. Yeah. Literally.
4: Hello! To see the video that we shared with Rainforest, please go to YouTube and search for Kyle Gold or Out of Position. Enjoy!